1: it's monday august 15th from inside the wtop newsroom this is the dmv download brought to you by the men and women of steamfitters local 602 get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters 602.org an incredible project to honor those who gave their lives in the war in vietnam reached a milestone collecting photos of the more than fifty eight thousand service members who lost their lives tim tetz from the vietnam veterans memorial fund shares the story of a service member from Alexandria and why it still needs help with a project that's so important to our
2: country's history. So we realized that if we could bring those people to life, personalize them with a photograph, it would transcend the generational gap that was beginning to develop, and we could uh, make this last for generations to come.
1: Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. Luke is off this week. If you've ever been to the Vietnam Memorial on the Mall, you know just how striking it is. Rows and rows of names of the fallen. But until now, we've never been able to put a face to those names. Well, after 20 years, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund reached its goal to collect a photo of all 58,281 service members whose names are inscribed on the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Joining me now is Tim Tetz with the Wall of Faces Project. And Tim, first of all, thanks for being here on Zoom.
2: Absolutely. Happy to join you.
1: Um, Tell me, I mean, the Vietnam Memorial was dedicated back in 1982. And I think many people, even here in D.C., may have thought, you know, that's that with with that memorial. Tell us how this effort started.
2: Uh, You know, the wonderful thing about the Vietnam Veterans Memorial is the fact that it really is groundbreaking in so many ways. It was the first memorial on the National Mall, um, the first memorial to really take and look at it and say, let's honor everyone. And in listing the names, really personalize it. Mm. And when we looked at it in the 1990s. And we looked around, we started to realize that this memorial needed to have legs, if you will, needed to go on for generations in the future. Our organization has always been unique in the fact that after we built the memorial and dedicated it in 1982, we said we would continue to maintain it and care for it. and so we still do that to this day and are intricately involved on a day-to-day basis. But when you look around at those visitors that we would see down at the memorial, we'd realize that they didn't have a tie. It wasn't a brother or a sister or a mother coming. It wasn't a best friend or somebody who was there. It was you know dozens and dozens of school kids or or mm-hmm. uh, you know families coming through as an August day like today. And you would see it and they just look at the names. And so we realized that if we could bring those people to life, personalize them with a photograph, um, it would transcend the generational gap that was beginning to develop. And we could uh, make this last for generations to come.
1: I think you just hit on my next question, because it it feels to me like the farther away we get from the Vietnam War, there are fewer people who are personally connected. So really, this is a way of, of continuing the stories, like keeping them living on, right?
2: Absolutely. I think no matter how long from now we're going to look back at these pictures, we can all identify with those awkward moments where mom made you get dressed up for your school photograph or where (laughs) you had to sit for your senior portrait. We can identify if we went in the military with the fact that we got our buzz cut They stopped yelling at us for all of a minute and they put a dress uniform on us and snapped a photograph that we weren't allowed to smile in. Those things are going to be things that everyone can identify with for generations. And and that's what's so special about these photos.
1: Um, I think it's important to note that this this effort is almost entirely volunteer run. Um, How do you go about collecting 58000 photos? I mean, tell us how this kind of how this started and where do you even start? Right. I mean, just reaching out to family or how?
2: You know, back in the 90s, we started collecting pictures of various names as we ran into family members. And that was the early advent of a website. And of course, as in 2001, our first big rush went when we said, let's work with Kinko's and FedEx to try to get copies of of thousands. And we got several thousand in 2001 Mm. when we did it for a series of months. But then it kind of waned up until the late 2000s when we reinvigorated and said, hey, we want to make this part of our website. So having an incredible website, you know, the top website in the nation with the wall of faces allows us to get the most traffic and then having logos on there and things and getting people to realize, Hey, we want to help find these photographs, um, helps get the visitors there. And then we made a concerted effort as an organization to literally have uh, teammates um, like myself who would travel around to reunion groups to, um, communities far and wide and say, hey, help us find these photos. And um, they really responded incredibly well.
1: I went on the website and was poking around, which actually is very easy to navigate. And you can drill down to like your hometown and find the service members from your hometown who uh, gave their lives and their stories. And what I was surprised to see was even just in D.C., there were pages and pages and pages of comments for one single person. And some of them were left by people just, you know, saying thank you for for your sacrifice. And others were people who knew them and told like little snippet stories. So you could really, I mean, you can really spend like hours on this thing. Um, Even if you don't know someone, it it really does grab you. I mean, why do you think the stories are so important, Tim, to tell? The
2: stories bring them to life in ways even beyond a picture. I mean, I think that you Mm -hmm. take a, a great local name um that uh, a lot of folks recognize is morgan donahue out of Alexandria, virginia morgan was an air force academy um grad and he was a military brat and in those remembrances that you were reading um i was out the traveling the wall heels with him one time and i happened to be there and be, be visiting with him with his brother And his brother was sitting there with the wall and we were were talking and I was reading through the remembrances and I sat there and I read a remembrance where Morgan Donahue and his brother, the man I'm sitting there next to, are making a prank on one of their neighbors about a pet gorilla that they kept in their basement. And this person who had been pranked left this story. And I read this story to him and I turned uh, to Jeff and I said, Jeff, does that sound like you remember that? And he goes, I don't remember that story, but we did a lot of those sort of things. And so having that, um, you know, uh, brings that to life. And then I was able to talk with Jeff and Jeff was able to then show me pictures of another prank where they stole the Naval Academy goat for the Air Force Navy game. And we have a picture of Morgan Donahue in the hallways of the Air Force Academy with a freaking Naval Academy goat. <laughs> I mean, a legacy beyond realm. Right. And so those stories, which were in the Remembrances, and those pictures allow me when I have a kid who, you know, I get a family there, and I'm like, who's the prankster in the family? And they say, oh, well, this kid is. Yeah. And you go, let me introduce you to the prankster on the wall. And I'm able to relate the story of Morgan and show those pictures. And I have yet to meet a kid who's got the uh, prankster attitude that Morgan had.
1: It's unreal. Even though there's now a photo of each of the 58,281, that number still is just really amazing. Um, there's still more work to do, right? I mean, you now have one photo at least of everybody, but you're you're continuing this effort?
2: Oh, absolutely. And that's why we marked it as a milestone. Um, I mean, it it's a significant milestone. We've been working on it for 21 years. Um, but it's a milestone. I just had a phone call this morning from a Mrs. McLean in Washington D.C. and she said, "Tim, I was given your number by one of your, you know, teammates there in the office, and they, well, I saw the picture of a friend of ours who went to a school here in D.C. But the picture you have is really just a horrible picture. Yeah. Can we upload some pictures from the yearbook? And I said, Absolutely. Not only would we like to have better pictures, but we'd like to have pictures that help tell the stories." Um, of the fact that they were in drama club or on the band or that they, you know, caught the winning touchdown catch. I mean, those then will bring these alive. And it's it's merely a milestone because, you know, we've got 30 plus percent of the photos that now need improvement.
1: Um, We are talking a lot about the website. Is there ever going to be any physical? um, Are these photos ever going to be displayed at all on the on the mall downtown or as part of the traveling exhibit?
2: It is already uh, displayed as a traveling exhibit. So this week I'm in Mead, Colorado, and um, we're gonna be um, setting up in Weld County. And so we're gonna be able to show the photographs of everybody from Weld County and each of the counties that touch Weld County when we're here in Colorado. And last week when we were in Nebraska, we did the same thing there and next week in Arizona. And so we do that as we go across the nation. In addition to that, we have um, already cooperated with and provided the photographs to a number of museums. So the Army Museum, the Marine Corps Museum, um, you know, some of the um, presidential libraries have reached out to us and said, hey, we wanna do a display about these photographs. Wow. And like you said, we have the ability to really tweak it and specialize it for a specific piece. And so we um, do that. You know, when um, Minnesota was the second state of uh, second big state to finish finding all of their photographs and several years ago, they did a reading of the names where they literally read all the names of the Minnesota fallen. And as they did that, they um, showed on a giant screen the picture of that person's face. And I think that this November, as we go into the um, reading of the names for our 40th re- uh, anniversary at the wall, mm-hmm. um, it may not happen this year. But in the near future, nothing would be more magical than to have a big monitor down there as we read through those names and be able to see the pictures of these men and women uh, as we do that.
1: Talk about an incredible project. I just can't say enough about it. If you guys go to the website, it's just so cool. Is there anything, Tim, that you think I haven't asked you that you think is important for people to know?
2: You know, I think that it's important for people to know that we, we still need everybody's help. We still need everybody's help to help us find other photos, to reach out, to get the word out, Um, because you might have someone in your background that has a yearbook or an old church annual. And then we also need a a different skill set. You know the skill set we needed to find the photos was different than what we need now, and so we need those folks who are adept at cleaning up photographs, making them uh, great. Because some of these photographs, if you could clean them up and and get them less pixelation, change some of the lighting and format, or change some, you could totally transform it. And our goal at the end of the day is whether you see the wall of faces on the National Mall or see the wall of faces in you know Weld, Colorado. The photograph of every single one of them is a photograph that you would take pride in being on your mantelpiece.
1: Tim Tetz with the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. Congratulations first of all on the milestone. Um, And just thank you for sharing it with us. We hope that we can kind of add to your project the more people hear about this.
2: Thank you very much for having us. We appreciate all your support.
1: After the break, I have a bit of a cookie quandary. I bring in two special guests from the newsroom to discuss how to navigate this potentially chippy situation. changing lives
0: thanks for listening to the dmv download if you like this show give us five stars and leave us a review on apple podcast
1: we love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast
3: and thank you for making us a part of your day
1: all right before we go i have a little bit of a cookie quandary that's what i'm going with here at WTOP. We have this thing called Cookie Wednesdays, and we, you know, everybody takes a turn. This Wednesday, I am the cookie czar, and I have brought in some very important people to help me discuss how I'm gonna navigate this. Lauren Hamilton and Rick Mossimo from the newsroom. Thank you for being here, guys, under duress.
0: Happy to be here. If it's for (laughs) cookies, I'll do anything.
1: Right, okay, so my question to you is what, I mean, this is a very contentious subject. What cookie must you
0: have if you are a cookie czar? Like, what do I have to bring? Chocolate chip, of course. Chocolate chip is mandatory yeah. to satisfy a, a group. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's a food group
0: <laughs> in and of itself. Okay, what, how, let me, let me phrase it this way. What cookie would you like to see there, Lauren? Yeah. It's it's mandated for me that I see a white chocolate macadamia nut No, presents. come on. It's, it's, oh, it's that's so right? fancy. It's, it's a What's mark of elevation. Fancy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mark of elevation. It's, it's a status symbol, I'll say. You know, the white chocolate <laughs> macadamia, like, She's, she's. I don't know. She's I'm being that girl. simple. I'm being yeah. plain about it. Yeah. You like a little extra.
1: No, I do.
3: I've, I've, I've. Yeah, white chocolate macadamia is. You
1: have the same answer. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, come on! Wow, I was you, expecting like a peanut past... butter or. How a... can you go past it when someone brings it up? That's true.
0: You can't. <laughs> you can You can't refuse it. So you're gonna turn it down. You're telling you're turn it down. If there are no other cookies
1: there, I would consider it. That's offensive. I think slightly. Wow. I
0: mean that. I that... don't. The white chocolate's right. too. It's too sweet for me. I are you a dark chocolate That's kind not of person? A thing. I love dark chocolate. <gasps> yeah, I like, love what are we dark even? chocolate. At this what, I think to be the cookies are—you have to appreciate a, a breath of. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, it's
0: it's. I'm not going to go
1: out of my way not to cater to you guys. Right. I'm just I saying. Mean, different mm-hmm.
3: cookies for different things. It's like it's like asking what's your favorite song. I mean, mm. how can you only you can't only have one? Okay. I mean, different times, different what different right? moods, different that things.
0: That would require what what's like a time that you're like, this cookie will not do. We need this certain cookie.
1: I feel like Christmas or like around the holidays, you want certain types of desserts.
3: That's
0: probably true. Like but, a cinnamon, like a snickerdoodle around the Christmas time. But August, cinnamon. free for all. Yeah, got it. It's, it's summer. I'm, it's fun.
3: Right. In which case, you know, you go with the the good ones, like white chocolate macadamia. And I want to let you know I mean, how. What does too sweet even mean? T- what do you like? <laughs> what do you like? Celery cookies? A salad what? cookie. Megan's yeah, exactly. In the, in the
0: market for a salad. Cookie. No, I don't
3: like a, a salad. broccoli First, cookie. I don't even know what
1: that
0: is, but no. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, so this is what I did, just to prove you guys are completely off base. In mm. Better Homes and Gardens, in December 2020, Rejected immediately. when <laughs> nobody else was doing anything with their time, did a cookie survey of 2,000 adults, and of course, chocolate chip was the number one cookie, right? But then guess what number two and number three are
3: what? among
0: these 2,000 adults? Okay, I
1: their am favorite I supposed cookies. to care?
0: Yeah. Sugar yes. probably ranks. Sugar cookie. Sugar is three. Okay.
3: Yeah, some peanut butter-like yeah. thing.
0: No. Yes, you nailed it. That's very impressive. Because we understand yeah, but, what people, we understand errors of ways. I
1: think. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's you incredibly
0: know. wrong and misguided. Let I me tell su- terrible. What four
1: is that was surprising to me is gingerbread.
0: I can see that.
3: Gingerbread is certainly better than peanut Ginger- butter, or I wouldn't or, rank it. That
1: I would high, have put.
0: Though. I would have
1: put oatmeal raisin or snickerdoodle above no, gingerbread. absolutely not. Incorrect. Wow.
3: Objectively incorrect.
1: I am just in a different realm than you guys. Yeah. Then it goes I mean, shortbread kiss cookies, which are the ones I'm, that have like the little the um, Hershey's okay. kiss in the middle. Uh-huh. Sandies, what's a sandy? It's like a yeah, pecan. Yeah, like a pecan. Oh, that's a fancy cookie. That is a fancy yeah. cookie. Yeah. And then thumbprint cookies. Those were the top ten. Okay. What are thumbprint cookies? Guess what wasn't on there? Macadamia you nut. You know
3: what? You know this is. <laughs> I want Why are you here. saying this like it's a thing? <laughs> like
1: it's, yeah. Like, like 2,000 is... other adults agree with me, even yeah, though they're not in the room. A, yeah. This is a country that I buys mean, Robert
3: Kincaid pictures. I mean, you can't what, apply you know. science
1: to this. You can apply science to this. No. I love it. I love is... it. All right. Well, I definitely know what I have to bring. Absolutely. At least.
3: Thank the Lord.
1: Chocolate chip. At least. And then, you know, obviously, if you guys are both here. It's not now, but I'm
0: going to come in. <laughs> I'm going to come in just to get my
3: Thanks you got to respect that. me, guys.
1: Experiment. Luke isn't here. I had to, you know, bring in a little extra yeah, support. Yeah. I appreciate it. And that'll do it for fine. today on the DMV Download. We are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, and follow us on social media where we post content every day from behind the scenes. You can find out more about the podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at DMVDownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, guys.